welcome to the HODLcast. Today is September 9th, and it has been a crazy week so far in crypto, and it's only Wednesday. Um, so far this week, the library token was declared a security. Coindesk reported on FTX's balance sheet. CZ announced he was dumping the FTT token and created a massive run. FTX paused withdrawals. SBF thanked CZ for considering taking over FTX. Ethereum burned all ETH issued since the merge. Martin Shkreli tells Doquan, jail isn't that bad, and he would know. And Coindesk reported that CZ might back out of the deal after seeing FTX's abysmal balance sheet. So how did we get here? The most insane day of crypto that I've ever experienced in all these years. You know, there's been a turf war in DC, Sam Bankman-Fried, SBF. He's been sponsoring a bill that essentially will create a bit license at the federal level. Um, through the CFTC, and it will require intermediaries to register with the agency. The federal regulators have been interpreting the old laws as broadly as possible. You have the SEC with the Howey test and the CFTC now stepping in, and there's OFAC and FinCEN and 50 state banking regulators. They all want to be able to say they had a meaningful impact on crypto. But these laws, they just weren't designed for transactions with intermediaries, and they just don't fit today's digital decentralized landscape. Peer-to-peer -peer crypto transactions can't be effectively KYC'd, surveilled, reversed, or blocked. Instead of engaging with the community and attempting to create some new laws that really make sense, the regulators so far have just been doing a disappointing regulation by enforcement. It's really sad because it's pushing a lot of companies overseas. Each of these agencies is trying to, you know, make a path. Like OFAC recently sanctioning Tornado Cash, uh, the CFTC recently going after the Uki DAO, and then the SEC found the library tokens to be securities. It's kind of like a turf war. Um, each of them are vying for a little piece, and the people within those industries, I think they want the fame and glamour of being able to say, you know, I made the regulation for crypto. I prosecuted this many cases. That's going to get them a big paying job in the private sector. So this Digital Commodities Consumer Protection Act, the DCCPA, it would have given the CFTC new regulatory authority over spot markets. Right now, the CFTC only has fraud authority over the spot markets, and the lack of authority over the, these spot markets has long been cited as the reason that no Bitcoin settled ETFs exist. But the CFTC, without this DCCPA even being implemented, just took a huge regulatory action against the Uki DAO, which was a non-custodial protocol. So that means, you know, under their existing law, they still have the tools or they believe they have the tools. They need to be figured out in court, but that can eliminate peer-to-peer -peer trading for any type of staking or lending activities. The CFTC determined that the Uki tokens were commodities, that they had to be traded only on registered commodities exchanges, and that the Uki DAO was an unregistered futures commission merchant. To become a registered futures commission merchant, in order to trade peer-to-peer -peer decentralized fashion, the entities would need to maintain an adjusted capital net balance of at least $1 million, keep client funds all segregated, keep 
permanent record of client transaction histories, including their name, their address, and occupation, which for FinCEN, if you're a registered money service business, you need to keep that information for five years, but the CFTC actually requires you keep it indefinitely. No honeypot there. And you need to file SARS if needed, and you need to file your monthly unaudited financial reports to the CFTC. These requirements are just not compatible or necessary for non-custodial peer-to-peer type exchanges. Perhaps they do make sense for centralized exchanges, but exchanges that are registered in the U.S., they already are held to a pretty high standard by FinCEN and the state banking authorities, especially if they're registered in New York with a bit license. They actually would be required to duplicate a lot of their reports. And this type of restricted regulation in the U.S., it's actually pushed 95% of crypto trading overseas where there are minimal rules. So Sam published a big tweet storm about his ideal regulatory world. The regulatory regime he thought made sense was actually more restrictive than the DCCPA bill that he sponsored. He thought the whole world should comply with OFAC, no matter whether you're in the US or not. He said everyone needs to comply with OFAC. I think it was a bit of an unthought out you know, mistake. He was only considering the US when he said that maybe, but it sparked a lot of response from the crypto Twitter was all over it. Notably, Eric Voorhees made a whole blog that he responded with, just kind of outlined all the outlandish ideas that Sam had and how it just wasn't aligned with the spirit of crypto or decentralization. For Sam, the you know, maybe former operator, of a centralized exchange, he actually had a lot of customer fees um, to gain if DeFi could be crushed by the regulators. So it's like he was going in there, I think CZ said something in a tweet, like he's going into these Capitol Hill meetings and he's shutting the door behind him. So he wanted to be the only one that was kind of their darling and no one else could operate and DeFi would essentially be regulated out of existence. Eric Voorhees is the former CEO of Shapeshift and Satoshi Dice. He's been a great voice in the community for years. Um, he's been in the space since Mt. Gox days. And he wrote a blog that responded to Sam's tweets and the discourse led them to do a debate on the Bankless podcast. This was a critical error for SBF. The debate was really hard to watch. It was, Eric is just like the most eloquent, thoughtful, coherent speaker. And Sam just couldn't even string a sentence together. It was it was really brutal. Looking at the transcript, Sam said, you know, 90% of the words, Eric would come in with, you know, just one or two sentences that just blew everything that Sam would say out of the water. It was kind of like watching a UFC fighter against a teddy bear. They were so mismatched. After the podcast, I think the whole community turned on SBF. After the podcast, some questions came to light that the FTX balance sheet was compromised um, and it was largely comprised of the FTT token, which, you know, took a 90% haircut yesterday going from just around $20 to at its low $3.75. CZ, the CEO of Binance, has began calling SBF out on Twitter right around the time of that debate between Voorhees and SBF. And CZ started suggesting that FTX should publish its balance sheet, an Alameda balance sheet, its sister company. SBF said their balance sheet was fine, although he since deleted that text or that tweet that said it was fine. There's rumors that he was going around 
Wall Street yesterday looking for a $1 billion loan, and apparently the hole in the balance sheet is 5 to $6 billion. A centralized exchange should not have any hole in their balance sheet because they shouldn't be trading with people's money. Uh, but the, you know, here we are. Um, the speculation is that he must have been sending, and it's more than speculation. People have been, you know, analyzing the wallet transactions. But the speculations that he sent customer deposits to Alameda Research, his sister company, and Alameda was engaging in heavily speculative and risky lending activity. On the Bankless podcast yesterday, Eric said, if that's true, this needs to be the center example of the compliant exchange actually being riskier with customer money compared to a non-compliant DeFi exchange. That he would do that while going to DC and begging for more regulation to protect people, uh, WTF. Um, and I totally agree with that sentiment. Like to think he's out there, you know, messing around with people's deposits, buying football stadiums and just completely spending out of control, buying up Voyager assets and that he's using like loan and collateral on the FTT token, which is completely illiquid, then going and saying we need regulation at DC. Here's how to do it. I'm the example. I'm the poster child. You know, he donated so much money to all these different political campaigns. And, you know, was he using customer funds to make those donations? Anyway, the memes on crypto Twitter yesterday were absolutely out of control. It was really hard to get any work done. I happened to be on a phone call when the news broke. And then by the time I got on the next call, like these various telegram groups, like the hardcore crypto law group had like 300 messages I needed to catch up on. And there was too much going on to, to do anything else except, you know, shit post. But Caroline Capital, so she's the CEO of Alameda Research. She said a few notes on the balance sheet info that has been circulating recently. That specific balance sheet is for a subset of our corporate entities. We have over 10 billion of assets that aren't reflected there. Well, Miss Caroline Capital, why are you not giving them to FTX so they can fund customer withdrawals if you have that 10 billion sitting there? That's obviously a lot. Then there's the meme of the clown, you know, getting all his makeup on. The first the first quadrant is, you know, excited to see him repping the industry in DC going forward. Uh, he's allowed in DC, right? That's SBF talking about CZ kind of saying like throwing a lot of shade saying CZ is not even allowed in DC. The next one, a competitor is trying to go after us with false rumors. FTX is fine. Assets are fine. Why are the withdrawals paused? Then the next one, I'd love it, CZ Binance, if we could work together for the ecosystem. Your sworn enemy, now you want to work together. The final one of this meme, a huge thank you to CZ Binance and all our supporters. This is a user-centric development that benefits the entire industry. CZ has done and will continue to do an incredible job of building out the global crypto ecosystem and creating a freer economic world. One thing I agree with that this will benefit the ecosystem in the long run because it, sh it just shows the problems with centralization. It gets this asshole out of there in DC, you know, representing all the wrong, you know, the wrong things, trying to make just a second banking system. I think getting him out of this industry is probably good, but it, there'll be some pain uh, for a lot of people. So that's, you know, not good. But in the long run, it might make more people, you know, Bitcoin cold storage uh, hodlers. Then there's a meme. <laughs> this probably isn't that professional for me to put out, but it's, you know, fuck around, find out. And CZ standing there with the chart. And I don't know why it made me laugh so much, but 
Cece was just an absolute king on this. Like, yeah, really, the you know, SBF tried to fuck around with him and he found out, <laughs> don't mess with the king. And then there's the meme of SBF in a prison jumpsuit with Do Kwan saying, why are you here? I thought you were financially stable. And just the expression on SBF's face. Then you have, you know, the divorce memes about Tom Brady and Giselle. They invested $650 million into, it says, the headline reads, maximizing their stake in the FTX cryptocurrency. So I wondered, did they spend $650 million directly on FTT tokens? And if so, everyone's saying, you know, uh, Tom Brady's going to have to play well into his 60s to make up for this. And Simon Dixon put out a tweet of, you know, Mr. Wonderful, Kevin O'Leary. He's considered like a partner to SBF and a big investor of FTX. He was talking, you know, a direct quote from this video. He said, bottoms are made in equities markets. You always need a big player to go to zero. It always gives you a good bottom. It always leveraged that, you know, paraphrasing Kevin's video. He says, bottoms are made in equities markets. You always need a player to go to zero. It gives you a bottom and it's always leverage that takes them there. Um, if someone out there is on the brink of zero, that's okay. It's a good thing when we get it. <laughs> I wonder if he still feels like it's a good thing, um, him and his investors. Tier 10K tweeted out, you know, Bloomberg Billionaires Index has just been updated. So SBF's no longer a billionaire. His net worth is reduced to 991 million, down from 16 billion yesterday. Then there's the sky, you know, join us, Sam, has every crypto scammer, you know, up there and SBF will be among them now. And shows CZ walking into Alameda Research, you know, carrying the kitchen sink. So it was just so much, so much going on on Twitter yesterday. At the end of the day, CZ kind of took a little victory lap. He goes, two big lessons. Never use a token you created as collateral. Don't borrow if you run a crypto business. Don't use capital efficiently have a large reserve. Binance has never used the BNB token for collateral and we have never taken on debt. Stay safe. And you know, when going through the Celsius documents, it showed that a company called Pharos, which is co-founded by the same Alameda research team, they lost 83 million in Celsius. So I wonder if that's, you know, what, what stemmed a lot of this. The CFTC also quickly came out saying they'll be monitoring the Binance FTX transaction, but as far as I understand, this transaction is not contemplating the FTX US entity. It's only the global entity. So I don't know what they're monitoring on that. They don't have any jurisdiction over either FTX global or Binance global. If it did include the US jurisdiction, that would be an interesting play by CZ getting all those licensing and re regulatory work that's been done by FTX thus far wouldn't be bad for Binance US to... Uh, step into. So the contagion risk is pretty heavy on this. Um, it was outlined yesterday by Hoddle Kryptonite, DGEN Trading. Um, he suggested that CZ might bail out FTX, but likely it won't bail out Alameda. And Alameda has been borrowing from lenders and pledging the FTT token as collateral, which since CZ has already sold his position, he's probably going to let it go to zero. This means lenders are underwater and they've already taken heavy hits earlier this year with 3AC and Celsius. They will have to sell whatever they can and more companies might go under. So what's the likelihood of this deal going through? 
Well, Coindesk reported today that it's actually likely that the deal will flop. Once CZ saw the books, he, you know, uh, I don't know how they know that. CZ didn't comment and SBF didn't comment. So it seemed like a bit of a speculatory thing, but I was wondering the same thing. Like what's, what's going to happen if CZ doesn't do this? He just essentially bankrupts the company. And we got to keep in mind, CZ is fresh off that Twitter deal, which had some interesting you know, things to navigate, like Elon didn't have a backout clause. So I'm sure CZ will keep, you know, keep keep his options a lot uh, more open. So I guess the, the main takeaway here is that decentralized exchanges fixes this intermediary risk. People can hold their own assets and transactions and operate entirely on code. Anyone in DC who actually cares about protecting people should promote self-custody. Sadly, this type of situation gives the whole industry a bad look. It looks like we're the wild, wild west, and maybe we do need policing. However, perhaps this situation can actually be an example of the industry settling its own issues. FTX's insolvency was exposed by the market and maybe it'll be solved by the market. Thanks for watching. If you liked the video, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. Thanks.